This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you'd like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so uh, enjoy those. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. So, Dale, uh, we actually just got back in literally two and a half minutes before airtime here tonight because we went out uh, to the local uh, caging facility, the jail here. In- it's a correctional facility, Ian. Well, I don't He's know. It's going to be corrected when he gets out. Yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, every time I've been in there, uh, I haven't come out corrected. So uh, maybe they just need to be more abusive towards me. And uh, you just come out more ornery. Yeah, I think to fight the man. I think a lot of people feel that way when they get out of jail. Like uh, you know, they they if they didn't have an axe to grind about the system before, they've certainly they they're given one after they get out of jail. Because... And that and that statistically seems to be the case, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like people are less likely to commit crimes when they come out of jail. It seems like they go in there and it's crime. It's classes on crime. It's an education. Some on, people would say that, yeah, gladiator school, as uh, as prisons are called. But we went to jail, not a, not a prison, to visit our friend Jim Johnson, who, if you've been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, you heard the news uh, about two, almost two weeks ago, not quite, uh, maybe about 12 days back, that uh, Jim Johnson was put in a jail cell because he refused to fill out a form. See, Jim was convicted of trespassing. Uh, he was arrested in the same Trespassive 12 group that you and I were, Dale, uh, over a year ago now at uh, this very same jail. We were there to uh, to find a friend of ours and wave and smile and, you know, be in, we, you know we had signs and such with us. And uh, Actually, do we have signs? Anyway, we went around the jail and uh, they didn't like that very much. We walked around and waved at the prisoners there and lifted their spirits. I think some of them, they see, certainly seemed certainly to appreciate us. Certainly some of us. them, they were waving at us and giving us thumbs up. There was one grumpy guy in the basketball court that was uh, was yelling something at us. Yeah. But I don't think he knew who who we were or what our motivations were. He th- I think I he might think have he thought we were just messing with him or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I don't think he cared. He's just a yeah. jerk. But most of them seemed to like us. And uh, that doesn't matter because the, the jail facility didn't like it very much. They called the cops. They had us all arrested. Anyway, Jim went to uh, to trial on trespass, on this trespass charge for being at the jail and walking around it, as uh, as did we. But we didn't go to jury trial because we weren't convicted of misdemeanor trespass. Because at the last moment, they changed the charge. Like, literally, at the yep. last moment of our trial, when the, the man in the robe was coming back with a verdict, he changed the, the charge to uh, uh, what they call a violation. Well, he actually found us not guilty uh, in the sense he said that they had fa- – he said the prosecution, and I'm almost, you know, verbatim – I just about remember it verbatim – that the prosecution had failed to prove that we had been sufficiently informed to leave – or told to leave, which was actually what the charge was written right. on our thing. And then he decided to find us guilty of something else anyway without giving us an opportunity to defend against that that charge. Right, even though the other charge has a, a completely different set of uh, expectations or criteria or whatever. Right. So uh, so Jim was the only person actually of, the, of all 12 of us that was convicted of misdemeanor trespass. So even though he was in the same group uh, of people, they... He got the misdemeanor because he was the first to go to trial, apparently. The yeah, rest of us- it, was, it seemed like luck at the draw. He, we, he was doing the exact same thing that we were at the exact same time. Right. He's in jail now. We got violation level, and I was able to do community service. And Right, and now Jim uh, was sentenced to something like a $600-plus fine at this trial. He was found guilty by a jury of his uh, you know, so-called peers. And which, of course, was a sad day on its own. But they found him guilty, and then the the man in the robe imposed a sentence of six hundred plus dollars. And Jim's not was not going to pay that. 
And so what happened was later they called him back into court for a hearing as to why he hadn't paid the fine. And Jim made it pretty clear. And there's, there's video footage of this entire thing uh, over at freekeen.com. But he made it very clear that he wasn't going to pay. And the man in the robe didn't seem to care about that. He said, well, we don't know until we find out if you, you know, when you fill out this financial affidavit, this two, three, four, I don't even know how many pages it is. A lot of detailed information about how much right. money you earn, your bank accounts, etc., I presume. And Jim wasn't going to fill out that financial affidavit because, well, by the Fifth Amendment, you can't be compelled to testify against yourself, at least in theory. Uh, However, apparently, you know, we all know the Constitution doesn't apply. And so, therefore, the man in the robe uh, decided to put Jim in a cage until he decides to fill out the form. At least that's the impression that we were all given. You know, I, I haven't seen the video of it yet. And I'm curious. Oh, you haven't? I have. Oh, wow. I have not seen the video of that trial yet. And I'm curious. Do, do you recall if th- that sounds to me like what they ask you to do in order to have an alternative to payment, like community service? And I wonder if if he made it clear. Did he make a point of pointing out that it was moral reasons and not necessarily financial reasons, which is I don't think he made that reasons. clear. Hmm. I don't. I don't recall hearing that. Uh, but if you look for Jim Johnson jailed indefinitely on Free Keen, you can find that uh, the video of him being put in a cage because he refused to fill out the form. And the thing that wasn't made clear at the at the uh, at this hearing by the man in the robe was as to whether or not how long Jim would be jailed because he made it sound like he'd be jailed forever, like until you fill out this form, you'll be sitting in jail, and. We're wondering, and I'm wondering, I guess we, maybe more more than me is wondering, but uh, I've been wondering this whole time, because he's been in jail now for about 12 days. And here in New Hampshire, there's a $50 a day credit that you're given toward any fine that you have to pay off for each day that you're in jail. So if he was in for like 600, I forget it was 600 or 650 or something like that. So if he's in for six uh, 600 bucks, you know, that's that's 12 days uh, in jail. So I think it was 650 because he said something about it might being 30, 13 yeah, days. Yeah, it's going on 13 now that he's in. in jail. So. so yeah, tomorrow should be his 13th day. So I presume he'll either get out tomorrow or the next day. But that's the ultimate question here is, is he going to be let out after he goes, after he's in for $650 worth of days? And nobody's really too clear on that. The man in the robe didn't make it clear to Jim. It, when Jim asked him to uh, to clarify it, he didn't make it clear. No one in the courtroom was able to really ascertain what was going to happen. Because normally when somebody's locked up for a fine, there's something said by the man in the robe about that fact. Right. And the man, this man in the robe did not mention that. But he may know it inherently, and he may know that he can't really hold Jim beyond the 13 days. I think my speculation, and we'll know here within the next two or three days, but my speculation is he's trying to sweat Jim out. He's trying to, uh, you know, he's all right, we're going to put you in this cage. He wants him in the dark. He wants him sitting there wondering what's going on, it seems like. We're going to tell you that we're holding you indefinitely, but then after 13 days, I think they, I think... My guess is they're going going to release him. However, there's also the possibility that uh, he's just being held in, on contempt and therefore could be held indefinitely. And I hope that's not. I hope that latter part is not the actual fact. I think we have to think back to what we did when they they pulled a very similar thing with Sam when he wouldn't when he did what was legally required in the processing, but he didn't do everything they wanted him to do necessarily when he wouldn't give his name. Right, and they knew it. And they were trying to hold him indefinitely on the same basis. They, they held, held him, him for, for quite, 58 days. Yes, quite a while. But then when pressure got on them, it seemed like there was some pressure on them finally that there might be a lawsuit involved in that. Then they finally let him out. 
Right. Uh, I, I so, don't know if we can try and put pressure like that on in this case. Well, we'll see. This particular man in the robe hasn't had any kind of uh, personal pressure applied. Like there used to be uh, things like folks here would do. Uh, they would do candlelight vigils out in front of the the judge's house for district court. But this is a different judge. This is a yeah. superior court judge. And yeah, so, I was one of those people. <laughs> yeah. So we've yet to see uh, any real action on the outside. And I, I think that's we, we talked to Jim today. We we're there to visit him today. And he said he wasn't sure, you know, what could what could be done. I think that's something that's one of those things that, you know, we can always pull out uh, if necessary. And I guess we'll we'll start you know, maybe the right time for that is going to be here in the next few days once we determine whether or not he's being held forever. Because right. if, he's not, if he's not let out by Wednesday, which Wednesday was the day he was put into jail, if he's not out by Wednesday or Thursday, that means he's being held indefinitely, in my opinion. And that's pretty awful. It, it could be. If he hasn't specified a time, you know, even contempt of court, there's usually a, a you know, they specify how many, how many days of jail. That's true. And, but he didn't. He implied, it sounds like he implied that it was indefinite, which is absurd. I think we have to, I think we have to start putting whatever pressure we can on him, uh, you know, file for habeas corpus and... And maybe candlelight vigils and bring as much attention on as we can. We need more people to get up here to New Hampshire uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, it's nobody's going to get the freedom anytime soon if everybody stays all spread out. We'll tell you more about the Free State Project here in a little bit. Also, we'll take your calls about what you want at 800-259-9231. Plus, a heroic sailor in the Royal Navy over in the U.K. has taken a stand and he deserves to be applauded for it we'll tell you what he's done here in a moment this is free talk live 800-259-9231 you take control liberty maniacs is the largest online liberty brand featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters stickers apparel embroidered hats and over 100 different products from around the world from hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary liberty maniacs is devoted to outfitting the liberty movement with intelligent eye-catching and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to liberty best of all liberty maniacs offers a no-hassle money-back guarantee on all products libertymaniacs.com wear something worth saying This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there completely free. I mentioned the Free State Project earlier. It is a movement of like-minded folks, people who love the idea of freedom, moving together to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Because, in my opinion, that's the only reason or that's the only way it's going to happen. If folks gather in the same geographic vicinity, people who believe in liberty, if they get together, then they can make a difference. But if we're all spread out across the country, around the world, then we're going to get what we've gotten thus far in the liberty movement, which is, you know, pretty much nothing. Yeah. Uh, And it's really there's something about the most passionate people focusing in one place and how effective it's already been. And uh, it just blows my mind thinking what, what it could be with more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've had uh, hundreds of people make the move thus far over the last few years here to New Hampshire as part of the Free, uh, part of the free State Project. And I agree with you, Dale. I've, uh, we've seen amazing things happen already. And it's really exciting to think about what's going to happen when our numbers double and triple and quintuple and so on. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more as we go to your phone calls. Matt is in Illinois on the amp line. So hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I 
on Saturday night, a uh, gentleman called in from Tennessee who claimed to be a uh, lawmaker in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the, uh, the topic was was drug enforcement. And I kind of wanted to call him out at the time. Maybe he'll listen to this, maybe he won't. But I wanted to call him out at the, at the time of being a, a coward. Really? He... He kept claiming uh, how much he agreed with libertarian principles, yet he did one of the things that so many politicians, I guess, do, and that he took it to the extreme, talking about child pornography. So he took it, it kind of took it away from the point of, of drug prohibition. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and extreme behavior in order to excuse the laws that they make, rather than standing on principle and refusing to, to pass those laws. Be, and, and I think that's what we need more of in this country is if we're going to have politicians. politicians no, if we're going to have politicians, we need them to, to stand on principle on the principles of freedom and, and refused that, to that, pass laws and to start those don't win elections in general. I'm sorry. Those don't win elections in general. The principled ones. There's a, the, the, the game but, itself is so dirty that you have to fight pretty dirty. You have to pretty much you do all kinds of compromising and, and fighting dirty to get in, in the first place. So the principled ones don't usually make it that far. Right. But this one kept saying that how much he agreed uh, as he was talking to Ian, I kept hearing him say, I agree with that, I agree with that, but... <laughs> so he'd, he'd be, he agrees with, with him in principle, but what about this extreme case? What about that extreme case? If they passed laws that was just about those extreme cases, it'd be fine. But we all know, for instance, when they pass laws uh, against child pornography, what ends up happening is children who send naked pictures of themselves to their boyfriends or girlfriends end up being on sex offender lists for yep. years and years because they don't just stick to those extreme behaviors that they're that they say they're aiming the law at. Right. So so these even if they uh, even if they write a law that is very very specific for whatever reason people can interpret that within the bureaucracy in a much more wide manner and like for instance our friends Pete and Adamo we're going to hear from them I think later tonight they're uh, they're going down to Greenfield Massachusetts to face a wiretapping charge for using a video camera so just it just goes right. to show that the, you know even if they write something specific uh, it can be expanded out over time. Right, so these the, the laws, the prohibition laws against drugs that they have, uh, they make the excuses of the ex, um, because of extreme behaviors of uh, people getting um, high on uh, crystal meth and going out and causing problems. Uh, so those extreme behaviors, uh, people who just want to enjoy a marijuana cigarette at home, sit back and watch TV and not harm anybody, have to suffer because some somebody else is being extreme. So the politician needs to have the courage to stand up and say, no, we shouldn't prohibit any drugs 
because by doing that, we end up hurting innocent people. Well, there are a couple of them who do have the uh, the courage to say that, and Ron Paul has managed to get reelected uh, something like 10 or a dozen times with that particular message. So clearly it is possible to take a principled stand. But uh, I, th- I think that Dale's right that most of them won't. Thanks, Matt, for the call. Appreciate it at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. We've certainly seen uh, politicians here in New Hampshire have a little bit more success, I think, than the average political uh, animal or the average libertarian uh, candidate, for instance. I come from Florida. Dale, you originally are from Georgia. Right. And I don't know, were you much active down in Georgia? I know you were active Not out in, in California. Georgia. I wasn't that active in Georgia. I actually ran for state assembly in California. Well, I was pretty active down in Florida with the Libertarian Party down there. And I actually saw some news today about how the LP has apparently put out in their official newsletter basically an attack piece against anarchists and voluntarists, uh, as, as I understand it. Wow, that'll... That'll get them really far. Yeah, uh, they've come out, and I don't have the uh, I don't have the the article in front of me here. It was fairly lengthy, but they were basically saying, yeah, we don't want to have anything to do with uh, these folks. They're ruining the movement. Uh, these principled, uh, liberty-minded people are just they're ruining our chances. Well, well now of they're going to start winning elections because they'll be able to win <laughs> elections finally because that was the only thing holding them back. You know, was that they were letting voluntarists and anarchist types in. So. Yeah. Oh, wait, but you're you're being facetious. Oh, yeah, they're not going to. But that's a good thing that you bring that up because that's what they thought back in 2008. The Libertarian Party brought this uh, Bob Barr character on, this former Republican who claimed to have, you know, seen the light, and now he's, you know, joined the liberty movement. Supposedly. Well, they got a lot more votes that that election because of having. Well, that was their intention. Right, I don't know the <laughs> the people who have taken over the Libertarian Party with this moderate message, uh, just kind of watering down the message of freedom. That has been their intention. The idea is, well, if we water down our message uh, and we make it less principled, then we'll get more votes. And it turns out that's not actually true, uh, because when Bob Barr ran in 2008, you compare Bob Barr's results to Harry Brown, who was actually a principled, liberty-minded person who ran in the year 2000. You compare those two campaigns, Bob Barr got a scintilla of an amount more than Harry Brown. What? And, and Bob this Barr is, had yeah. the benefit of social networking, and Bob Barr had the benefit of blogs, and Bob Barr had the benefit of all the web developments yeah, that have well, happened and in being, the last Having been decade. mainstream and having a certain following and that all too. that is- well, all of that, all of that. And he got maybe, you know, a percentage or something like that more than Harry Brown. And it was not anything significant at all. Right. And, and they alienated all of the people like me, who at one time I was a life member of the Libertarian Party. I withdrew my life membership. Actually. This doesn't surprise me. I mean, I can analyze the, the the trend that's going on here. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. So so uh, so. Too bad for the Libertarian Party of Florida, basically uh, ostracizing anybody who actually yeah. adheres to principle. they got to learn they're going for a very niche market, and that's their only hope. <laughs> the toll-free number, well, the only hope is to get together with other like-minded people, which is why we moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. There's more coming up here. You can take control. International news coming up. Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Speaking of SACL CAI, if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to talk to SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they even purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner right at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI, one of the longest-running and most major supporters of Free Talk Live. So thanks to Jason Osborne and the crew over there. 800-259-9231. Of course, we will uh, take your calls about anything. Coming up here tonight, we are expecting an update from Adamo and Pete from LibertyOnTour.com and CopBlock.org as they traveled down to Greenfield, Massachusetts today. There's some pretty crappy news uh, that uh, they're going to share, but I'll wait for them to show up on our phone lines and share that with us. We are expecting them a little bit later. 800-259-9231, the number. The news out of the Daily Mail at dailymail.co.uk, where a Royal Navy medic was jailed for seven months today after he refused to draw a gun because he disagrees with the war in Afghanistan. Leading medical advisor Michael Lyons disobeyed the order by an officer to pick up an SA-80 as part of rifle training on the grounds that it was against his moral beliefs. Now, it's too bad that Lyons didn't discover his moral beliefs before he joined the military, but we all have our time that uh, we discover what these things, these ideas are. Lyons, who's 25 years old, told a court-martial he became disillusioned with the service after reading about troops killing civilians on whistleblowing website WikiLeaks. He had already applied for, but had been denied conscientious objector status when he was ordered to undertake rifle training before a tour to Afghanistan. Lyons was due to begin a two-week rifle course at the HMS Excellent uh, Shore Base in Portsmouth last September, but requested to be relisted as a non-combative role. On arrival, he claimed it was his right not to take part in any combat training, while he appealed the decision not to grant him the conscientious objector status. A panel of five naval officers at a court-martial at uh, HMS Nelson in Portsmouth, New, excuse me, Portsmouth, Hampshire, not New Hampshire, the old one, today found Lyons guilty of willfully disobeying a lawful order. Lyons, who joined, kill people. That's the lawful order. Yep. Lyons, who joined the Navy at age 18 and denied the charge, was only the third sailor in history to use conscientious objector as a defense at a court-martial. The third in the history of the British military. That's a huge deal. That is. Uh, This guy is incredibly, I would say, courageous. And he shows a different kind of courage than, uh, you know, those people that called in over the weekend saying that, I'm proud of my military service. Well, I don't think this guy would be proud of what he did in the military up until this point. But he should be proud of what he's done now. He should be proud of refusing to obey this order. And I don't know how much different it is in the British military, but I know that you are taking on... A lot more risk when you defy things in the military than in uh, when you're facing a court court martial as opposed to a civilian court. Oh, absolutely! Your rights are gone. Yeah, I mean, he is at their mercy. He's he's gone to jail. I mean, at this point, and how long he will be in jail? I don't recall. Let's see here. He was demoted, also, by the way, to the rank of able seaman, dismissed from the service. Here we are, sentenced to seven months at the Colchester Military Corrective Training Center in Essex. As far as I'm concerned, that's the best possible option. I mean, Dale, you you got 
you were kicked out of the military without having to actually go to to a cage, which is pretty nice. That's right. That's right. They tried. They tried to. I don't know if they were going to put me in a cage, but they tried to give me a, at least a less than honorable discharge. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that there are really different levels of, of, of other than an honorable discharge. There's like general discharge, and then there's all these different like factors that can go with that. And there's less than honorable, and all the way down to dishonorable, which is pretty bad. You have to be, now, do some pretty bad stuff for that. Now, for our listeners who have not heard before, what's briefly, what's your story there? Uh, I was in for two years. I had signed up for six before the Navy. in the Navy. That's right. And I was on a submarine at the time. I had only been on the submarine maybe seven months by the time I was kicked out of the military. And I was stationed in Charleston. And basically, there uh, I was seeing a, a chaplain on the base for some some personal issues that really um, you know different things actually that, that were going on and uh, and it just eventually raised suspicion and they were looking for some kind of answer for me and I had someone come to me and basically you know an, uh, a high a high ranking not not an officer but a high ranking. Um, enlisted person mm-hmm. came to me and advised me that they would hound me and follow me and 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 I would not have any peace until I gave them some answer and An it was answer actually to- even it was actually even said you know well have you you know that it was discussed whether I should mention that I had considered suicide which I actually had a little bit at the time. Um, which so it would have been an honest thing to say that well I've considered suicide and that would have gotten me off the submarine and maybe would have gotten the heat off of me or maybe not. As and the heat was sure. regarding. Uh, well, again, I was going and seeing a chaplain, and they were like, something's fishy. Like, why are you going and seeing a chaplain? Do you have some, you know, I guess they were concerned about some kind of psychological issue or mm-hmm. something and or emotional issue. And uh, and I was, you know, distraught at the time, and a lot of it was because of the uh, the pressure on me and the people were making jokes around the boat about, about my sexual orientation. Uh, it was all, uh, it, was, it wasn't really mean-spirited. You know, everyone gets poked fun at. I mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was mean-spirited, and I wasn't, it wouldn't bother me except that I knew it was a big deal for everyone to start thinking I was gay because it was, this was prior to Don't Ask, Don't Tell, right. like a year or two prior, literally. And so I, I did uh, ultimately decide to just go ahead and tell them that, what it was. And so you actually got, a dis- you got an honorable discharge. Yeah, I, had, I kind of fought for it a little bit. I basically got the chaplain to write me a letter of recommendation that I deserved an honorable discharge and, and, uh, and explain why. And, and I basically explained to them that um, I was in, that I really, uh, at, when I was joining the military, I didn't feel like that I was being honest and that I, you know, about the, that it wasn't, they, they were trying to say that the, what they were trying to get me for was fraudulent enlistment because I joined knowing I was gay was the idea. So uh, what, what do you think a good way to get out today would be? Like for people that are in today, because now it's... Well, the, they can't get out for being gay anymore. Huh? Right, right. That's, that's <laughs> um, no good anymore. That's so. a really mixed kind of thing, you know. I don't know whether I feel good or bad about the fact that they're not discriminating anymore in the military against gay people because, uh, I mean, I think in the overall it is a better thing that they're not because it mostly just caused trauma and, and harassment mm-hmm. for gay people and it... Uh, uh, you know, as opposed to being this this easy way to get out, because if they really want people in, they're not going to let you out for that. If they're having, a, if they're when they're having a really bad conflict and they need people in, all of a sudden they'll just they'll stop, you know, paying attention to that. That's happened before. They, you know, they won't let people use that to get out. So I'd love it if it were a way for people to get out, saying that they're gay. And in fact, I had a guy come to me when I was in when I was uh, being processed out. I was already off the submarine and I was just doing like work on the base. I was just doing guard duty and stuff on the base. And uh, I had a guy come to me and. He wanted out really bad. A lot of people mm-hmm. did, and he was asking me how how I got out because I, I it wasn't really it was sort of an open secret. People knew, but they, it wasn't confirmed. And he was trying to get me to tell him that that you know why. And uh, you know ultimately, it actually got heated. He had me in a corner, and uh, like he was like getting angry with me because I wasn't telling him. 
And I finally told him, I said, well, I told him I was gay and I was really like traumatized at the moment at the time. I was like, he was freaking out a little bit. So then he calmed down and he asked me, is it true or not? And I wouldn't tell him that. So what, (laughs) so maybe you, the listener have an idea here, like what, what could be done today? If you are somebody, maybe you've got a friend or, or a family member who's joined the military and they realize too late that this was a mistake or they've come to the conclusion after they joined that, oops, I should have stayed out and maybe done something productive. Uh, but what can they do? There's like, that whole shooting yourself in the foot thing. That seems something that you <laughs> hopefully drastic. wouldn't have to actually damage yourself uh, with you know, physically. What what other options are there? Could you tell them that you're a pot smoker or something like that and get kicked oh, out? Oh Lord, that? <laughs> that'd be a bad way to get kicked out. I think, but yeah, but but look, yeah. I mean, I don't look for me. Like if I yeah. were in the military and I were in that position, I wouldn't care about honorable if dishonorable. You, if you tell what? them, I don't think that would get you out. That would get you in a military prison. Really? Probably, and I'm, I imagine it would be a minimum for the length of your service, and then possibly longer. Oh my God, that would be horrible. They, it's, they're, they're so ridiculous about stuff like that. I mean, anything, any, whatever a crime would do to you in the civilian world, you can count on it being just multiples worse in the military. Well, if you've got any suggestions, we'd love to hear from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. In the case of uh, Mr. Lyons over in the UK, he's been demoted and dismissed from the service. And all of this for refusing to follow a so-called lawful order. So 800-259-9231. If I were him, I'd be pleased about sitting in a cell for seven months rather than having to go to Afghanistan and be in the dirt and possibly die. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or Newegg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or Newegg? That's right. Start your Amazon or Newegg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of these airwaves. Bring up what you want at 1-800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com, and you'll get quick access to our live streams as well as the podcast M. .freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, uh, Dale's going to be back here in a little bit. He had to zip out real fast. Uh, Julia is actually here. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, good to have you. Let's go to Bob listening in West Virginia. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Bob in West Virginia. Do we have Bob? Bob going once. Bob in West Hello. Virginia. Hello. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead, Bob. Um, I just wanted to call in and uh, suggest an actual easy way to get out of the military. If you're not in a combat position, this is easy anyway, because in combat positions they make you exercise a lot more every day. But uh, a close friend of mine actually got out by raising his uh, BMI. Once you get above a certain percentage, it's an automatic uh, honorable discharge. So basically he put on some weight is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, if you put on enough weight, I think it's like 21% BMI, which is actually not that bad. But if you put on just so much weight, it's an automatic honorable discharge. 
Well, is there anything that maybe is a little more healthy for you that will get you out of the military? I understand that desperate times mean desperate measures, but do uh, you think there are, any, there are any other ways? Um, actually, I, I personally don't know. I was never in the military. Like I said, this is what my friend did. But, somebody had uh, said, somebody, I remember somebody called to tell us a story about going AWOL once and how the punishment wasn't as bad as everybody thinks it, uh, it would be, but I'm not going to go out on a limb and speculate as to try to recall exactly what he had said. Bob, anything else you want to share? Uh, no, actually, that's, Thanks that's for the all. Call, I just dude. To... I appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Ben, listening in Nevada. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. And if you've got any suggestions as to how to get out of the military, uh, trying to minimize the amount of time you'll have to spend in a cage before they let you out, that's, like, I think, the goal here. 800-259-9231. Of course, you can also bring up anything. Ben, listening in Nevada, are you with us? Yeah, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I've been listening to Alex Jones, too, and... Um, there's a lot of issues with our government nowadays. There's a lot of bad seats. Uh, I wonder, are, is someone going to do something about it before it gets really bad? What do you mean? Because I don't even, I don't even know why Obama's still in office. He's got so many scandals behind him right now. Uh, well, no there's always scandals. I mean, what, uh, so if you, if you kick out Obama from the office, then you get the vice president getting promoted to president. And then what has really That's, changed? Well, that's what I'm saying. We need to we need to do more than just one official. We need to start taking out all the bad seats. How are, how do you propose and to having, do that? And having new well, having new elections. Uh, new how, do elections. Like, how do I propose? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, having having legitimate elections that's not electoral college, but is so you want to so you want to abolish the electoral college? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I don't I don't like it because it's not a popular vote. Okay, so in order to do that, you'll have to uh, amend the uh, the U.S. Constitution, which is a fairly difficult uh, political process. Quick question for you, uh, Ben: Is this your like how how recently in your life? How old are you? And how recently in your life did you really kind of start paying attention to national goings on? Um, I am thirty one, and uh, I've probably been paying attention uh, to national goings on for quite a few. Actually. Quite a few what? I'm sorry. Uh, quite, quite a few years. Quite a few years. So <clears throat> have you ever gotten involved uh, in doing pol- uh, politics? Uh, no, I want to stay out of the light, uh, the public light, because I know a lot of stuff uh, that could possibly um, put my life in danger. Uh, okay, so I, I even, I even have, that's fine like, if you want to stay out of the public stuff. light. I mean, there are always roles for people to, to uh, get involved uh, kind of behind the scenes. But the, the reason I ask you those questions is because I wanted to see how, I guess, experienced you were with trying to change things. Because I can see and agree with you on your critiques that you know, there are problems with, uh, with the system and the politicians are awful. And, boy, it sure would be nice if things worked a little bit better. Um, you know, think maybe we'd have a little bit more freedom if that were the case. But I am uh, also some Somebody who is completely uh, burned out on the idea that there's any possibility of any kind of significant change happening at the national level. Nothing right now. I, I think it's getting worse. It's all soon because uh, they want to raise the debt ceiling to make more debt. And uh, just like everyone's saying, Greece is bad. And, and uh, it Ireland is going is to bad. get worse. You're right. Well, I mean, it has United been States, getting worse. The United States is a huge country, and we have so many obligations that if we can't start taking care of something right now. It's it's going to get well. First of all, you got to watch how you speak because I don't know about you, but I'm not obligated to anything the United States does. The United States is uh, the government. 
And if they want to go ahead and, and spend a bunch of money or borrow money or whatever, I'm not obligated to pay that back because I didn't ask for it. I'm not the person who made that choice. I'm not interested in what they are doing. And so I and you presume, I don't think you are the, the government either, uh, you know, you're actually not obligated to any of those things. And you're correct in that it is going to get worse. Uh, that is generally how government is. It gets bigger and more intrusive and more oppressive over time. And there's really not much that can be done. Yeah, you could vote for Ron Paul in the Republican primary and, well, by some miracle, if he actually is uh, promoted to the general election and then by another miracle, if he is actually elected, uh, I think you'll then discover that there still isn't much that can be done. Yes, Ron Paul. And could- I think – go ahead. Go ahead. No. Yeah, was I was going to say, I think, I think that it's possible, you know, if you take away avenues of uh, financing – um, these guys that all of a sudden show up out of nowhere like Obama did. Avenues of financing. What do you mean by that? No, take, taking, taking away their financing, like taking away, uh, you know, passing laws to where they can only receive a certain amount for a presidential campaign. Mm. Now, you do understand that... Here's the thing. This is why I'm surprised by the fact that you've been involved for a number of years. I would think that you'd have figured out by now that these politicians aren't going to take away their own, you know, candy they're not going to take away their own toys so how are you you, you've got all kinds of great ideas as to how to change the system but you understand there's no way to implement them they well well, maybe someone can think of a way um you know there's there's a bunch of smart people that listen to your program i'm sure i'm just no i don't think so Hey, I don't, there's no way you can change the system in Washington, D.C., because the system is entirely corrupt. Those people aren't interested in changing anything about the way it works. Uh, they aren't going to do anything to punish themselves or to make themselves uh, less wealthy or to make themselves less powerful. So, well, you, just, like, just like Watergate, um, you know, Watergate and all these uh, ridiculous things that they've been getting caught doing lately, that's, you know, they're, they're able to get thrown in prison for that and... Uh, When's the last time? When is the last time any significant number of politicians has been thrown in prison? There was that one guy a little while back, uh, but for the most part, they're insulated from that. And I mean, we, you know, uh, the the American people get caught doing dumb little stuff, and they get thrown in prison for their whole life. Oh, absolutely! It's a complete double standard. It's us and them. And I look, man, I get where you're coming from, and I want to thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I get where you're coming from. You're frustrated with the system. It sucks. The system keeps getting worse. That's that's really annoying, and you want to do something. You look around, you see, oh, well, if, if we could just change this about the system, it would make things better. But how are you going to accomplish that? Why would they allow the system to be changed in that way? It's, I mean, you could think about it till your brain hurts. I have, no, I, I, I thought about it for years. I have absolutely no solutions. Well, you actually ran for public office a few years ago, and and you were just running for a local office, and you saw how nasty things got, right? Yeah, it was pretty traumatizing. I've said that over and over again, but never. I would not recommend anybody run for office personally. Okay, well, if you can't run for office, then you know there's no way you're going to be able to change the system from the inside, right? I mean, if that's what this guy wants to do, he's not willing to run for office. He said so himself. He's got yeah. something to hide or whatever his reason was. He's not going to run for for office. And even if you do run for office, then you come up against the system big time because they don't want you in there. No, it is absolutely a club. 
And if you were not invited into the club, they will come after you. You know, I was listening to uh, some of Ernie Hancock's show, Declare Your Independence. He had this mayor on, and I forget what the town was. It was one of the towns in Arizona. They actually elected this guy to go in and, and change things. Like this guy, I don't know if he was a totally liberty-minded dude, but he, he was of the mindset that he was going to go in and, and do something to reduce the size and the scope of this town government. And basically what happened was the town government turned against this guy – and they they basically made it so it was impossible for him to do anything. I, I was just going to say that even if you if, even if you were very principled and you got into office, I, I mean, when I think about work, for example, if there's something bad going on at work, it's not worth it to go up against you know what I mean your bosses or whatever mm-hmm. just because it makes it really uncomfortable. And I feel like most people in that situation would just side with being comfortable and just say never mind. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Effectively, this guy was locked out from getting information from the bureaucrats, from doing anything. Like, he was he was unable to really change anything, was basically the message I got. I didn't hear the whole interview, but it was pretty, uh, pretty eye-opening. So the idea that even if you were elected, that there would be some chance to change things, it would be very, very difficult at that point. And at the national level, I say it's impossible. Hour two's next. You take control. But what is the solution? Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you can experience the website for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. We do it for free, so enjoy. Over at freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Dale. All right. So we will take your calls about anything. Still, the question's on the table for anybody that wants to answer it about how to get out of military service. Like once you've already joined the military, once you're in, once you've gone through basic training, how, how the hell do you get out uh, without having to spend time in a cage? Because there's a heroic man in the UK as a Navy officer. He joined at 18 and he's now 25. Uh, so I don't know what – I'm also curious. How long does one spend in the first tour over in the UK? In the US, it's Pretty, four years and then another four on it, ready well, reserve. It, yeah, that's standard, but it really – it also depends on what you're, what you're going in for because mm-hmm. for, for a nuclear machinist mate, which is what I was, it was six. Really? And then two more. So it was eight. You know, it's always eight, but, but two – six most likely. So he's uh, he's 25 now, and he has decided that he was not going to pick up a gun when he was ordered to. Uh, he refused to do so because he decided after being in the military and after finding WikiLeaks and reading about the troops killing innocent people on WikiLeaks, this guy decided he didn't want to be a part of that and refused to pick up the gun and has since been court-martialed, essentially, sentenced to seven months in Colchester Military Corrective Training Center and dismissed from service. So presumably after his seven months in the brig are up, he will be out and he won't have to go to Afghanistan because that's where they were going to send him. 
Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd prefer seven months in a brig over that. Over that. No, I've heard military prisons are really bad. American military prisons. I, oh, I know, believe they, that. I've heard horror stories about them. Compared but could to, it be that much worse? To, to, could, could it be that much worse than uh, being out in the desert with a chance so. of uh, being blown up by IEDs well, and or shot to death? Well, not only that, but violating your principles and, and you know, really deep, deeply held principles, it sounds like. Um, you yeah. got to give the guy credit. I mean, that can't be easy. Um, it, it, I can't imagine what some of like the nasty things that his peers mm. said and did to him because of it. I'm sure he's being called a coward. Yeah. Well, let's see. Here's what here's here's what the uh, judge in the case told him. The service bond is based on the equal sharing of risk and danger. The consequences of your action meant that someone else's life was put in danger as they replaced you on that tour. We are undecided if your views are genuine or if you grasped them because you did not want to serve in Afghanistan. You had engineered the decision so you would not be sent on tour. Service personnel who fail to do their duty create a situation where other soldiers who might have misgivings about dangerous situations could also disobey orders see what they said there by you standing up and refusing to obey you might encourage others to do the same thing at least they're honest yeah yeah that's why we're punishing you is because we don't want they have to they have to create this this complete unyielding obedience Mm -hmm. they have to uh you know people I, people wouldn't want to do that kind of thing. I mean, once they get in there, I mean, that's it's once they, they they've already shown that people don't like to shoot another person. There's all kinds of brainwashing and and stuff that has to a lot of conditioning that has to take place to get someone to even kill another person. Right, unless they happen to be a psychopath beforehand. I mean, in which case, then they're yeah. ready to they're ready to go. Uh, but this is they're they're basically saying here we're making an example of you because we don't want other people to follow in your footsteps. Yeah, we don't want you to encourage. And they're essentially, you're right. They are admitting here that one person can make a difference. That one person showing courage, one person refusing to obey. Whether I'm not just talking about the military, I'm talking about in general. One person standing up and refusing to uh, to bow down and kiss the ring. One person refusing to obey and to refusing to pay a fine, refusing to do as he is told by his uh, masters in government can encourage others to follow in that person's footsteps. And if others see what this one person is doing, it'll give them ideas. And they don't want that. They want people to be in the dark. They want people to be obedient. They want people to be uh, subservient. They want them to pay fines, like our friend Jim Johnson, who's mm-hmm. in jail now for maybe I was going to say, I'm forever. seeing incredible parallels locally, and that's absolutely the fear that seems to be happening when you see them trying to crack down and, and snip it and nip it in the bud. Is The fear is that it's going to catch on, and it's, yep. a, it's a reasonable fear because that's exactly the point. Well, you have to wonder how afraid these people really are. I mean, the government people. They, it certainly seems like to somebody who's on the outside that they've got a pretty strong grip on society. Most people are very ob- obedient, and they will pay the fines, and they will take the plea deal, and they will go along to get along. So it seems like from the outside that they've got it all under control. But once you're on the inside of the uh, the activism movement as, as we are, you can really see how weak they truly are. A lot of the people within the government aren't even really too certain about what they're doing. It's t- it's taken generations and generations of baby steps of getting people more and more accepting of more and more control over a long period of time. What it really the, the whole status paradigm is really very precarious. And this is what I try to get people to understand. I mean, I feel strongly about this that that it's very precarious that it only takes a you know, you have all these all these people acting as cogs in the machine 
and they're all interconnected and just a few of them stopping, it, it disrupts the whole thing. I really think it, you know, there, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a majority of people not 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 going along. Oh, no, not it takes all. a small little fraction of people to just be a wrench. I think, I think. Uh, if you if you had one percent of any given area's population resisting or refusing to obey rather on a consistent that would be basis, that would Very be huge. If you had five percent, it would bring the system down. Yes, absolutely. I think so. So I mean, back to the guy that called last hour about how to change the system. I don't know if you heard this part because you had to step out for a little bit, Dale. But there was a guy who called in about changing things and changing, you know, going, getting inside the system and changing things. And <laughs> we talked to him about how impossible that is, especially at the national level. Um, and it's very difficult even on a even on a local level. But if but there is a way to change the system. It's just not necessarily from the inside. If enough people refuse to go along with the system and its demands, then the system by its will have to change. They'll have to stop behaving in certain ways. Like, for instance, I saw a, a news story today about how Philadelphia, I think it was, maybe it was Philly or the whole of Pennsylvania. Anyway, somewhere down there, they've decided to stop prosecuting marijuana possession cases. Yep. It's not been decriminalized or anything like that officially, but essentially... They just decided to stop devoting resources right, to it. Right. They saved $2 million in a year or something huge like that by not devoting their resources to those prosecutions. So if if enough people, like down in Massachusetts, where they actually did do some decrim of, of pot, stop paying the fines, which they've done in Massachusetts, people just... You get a, a fine for pot in Massachusetts, most people don't pay it because the word's gotten around that if you don't pay the fine nothing happens. Right. Well, it's and like a parking ticket, isn't it? But it's it's different because a parking ticket you can still go to jail for. You they can still put you in a in a prison cell. Here there's no enforcement mechanism on this ticket. So if you get a ticket in Massachusetts for pot and it's not so, and since it's not associated with your driving record, they can't put points on your license right. or there's eventually nothing remove they can your do. license. Wow. And so the word has gotten around to people, "Hey, you don't have to pay these." So people aren't paying. So what's happening as a result? The sheriffs or the the police chiefs are just like, "Screw it." We're not going to hand these tickets out. I mean, if people aren't going to pay them. Why are we handing these out? So, yep. again, not working within the system necessarily, although it wasn't inside the system change that did kind of bring that to fruition. But I think it's going to take both. I mean, it's going well, to take people on the inside and the outside. Well, it took cultural changes outside. I mean, it took, the, it took the public being ready for it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. So po- political change, it, it always has to follow it cultural follows. change. I mean, as long as it's a majority rules system or something of that sort where you know a majority of voters are electing people there's always going to have to be the cultural change that facilitates the political change trying to do the politics first is putting the cart before the horse let's go to somebody who probably agrees with us on this he's the managing director of the civil disobedience evolution fund jason tally calling from uh, new hampshire you're on free talk live hey uh, everybody how's it going tonight hey jason what's on your mind uh, so you asked the question, like, how does one get out of the military? And um, I, when I was with the Motorhome Diaries, I met a, a man named uh, Daniel Lockemacher, Um And uh, he's actually a, a voluntarist. He has a website, warisimmoral.org. And uh, you can go there and you can see his uh, application for a conscientious objector status, which was approved uh, by the Navy. Really? Uh, it, and they, they let him out. And it's, it's essentially um, why he's a voluntarist. Well, the, the man uh, in, if so, you want to tell us more, I'd like you to hang on. We'll bring you back here in a moment, Jason. The guy in the U.K., didn't, that didn't work for him. He tried the conscientious, uh, conscientious objector status, and they basically said, yeah, screw you, you're going to Afghanistan. And so he said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to pick up that weapon. And so they put him in jail for seven months, and then they, they're going to let him out of the military after that. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts coming up? Call in about anything. Free Talk Live. 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line joining you tonight. It's Ian. And Julia. And Dale. All right, the toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website. You can enjoy the features there. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the site. Going back for a week on the front page, but then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. All of it is free for you at freetalklive.com. Now, have you ever just been uh, have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. And unless you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. And it costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the 4CD course is so easy, the average 8th grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com to download their free tools and uh, all kinds of free stuff like uh, tips and tactics, newsletters, dictionary, legal dictionary, uh, free videos, and then you can buy the course. Jurisdictionary.com. You can use their pull-down menu and check out to let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live. Jurisdictionary.com. 800-259-9231. We're talking about the military and how to get out of it. Uh, inspired by a young man over in Great Britain who refused to pick up a weapon because he decided after a number of years of being in the military, after seeing WikiLeaks and some of the things that they put out there about troops killing innocent people, he decided that he didn't want to be a part of that anymore and refused to pick up the weapon and therefore was court-martialed, sentenced to seven months in the brig, and then dismissed uh, from his military service. Well, I can say that it's not a simple answer because it is an ongoing problem. I, when I was in, it seemed like half the people in there were desperate to get out, were eager for their term to be over. And it was constantly being discussed. It was constantly there's constant complaints. People not wanting to be in there, even even the outside of combat. This is not inside a combat situation. Or so anything. a lot of this people were just, talking about it, but nobody's actually doing anything, right? Because well, they're too scared. Well, what what can you do? That's the question. How do you get out? I mean, well, let's go back like, to Jason Talley because he was telling us about Daniel Lockemacher. Who, uh, Jason, are you with us? Jason yeah, Taylor. You were telling us about Daniel Lockemacher, who's a uh, liberty activist. Uh, he has a website where he's put up documents about his conscientious objector uh, method. That's right. Yeah, if you go to uh, warisamoral.com, there's a link that says CO application. And he just posted it all on there, and uh, uh, happily it was approved by the, uh, the U.S. Navy. They mm-hmm. let him out, and like I said, it, it essentially just outlines his voluntarist beliefs. And uh, so maybe other people could find some success by following a similar model. Yeah, I wonder about that. I wonder if they didn't want him in the military spreading his voluntarist uh, beliefs. Maybe that's the reason they, they let him out as opposed to this young man who simply uh, did, you know, didn't want to fight. I don't know. I'm totally speculating. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, Daniel, he was like a medical um, – um, like a, a corpsman. You know, he did like medical services. 
and uh, he was in Guantanamo Bay, so he saw some pretty uh, pretty gruesome stuff. So mm. maybe they just didn't want him around. But you know, he's on the outside, and his website at least is doing outreach to people that are still in the military, um, and encouraging them to um, you know file for this status. Who knows? Um, you know if it'll be successful. One thing I wanted to mention also, uh, Ian, you mentioned that um, you know maybe people in the military could come out as uh, being pot smokers. When I was in the Air Force, I was a, a security policeman, and uh, one of my duties was to uh, escort people to uh, Mannheim Army B Prison uh, for smoking pot in the military. And uh, they, of course, got the, uh, the book thrown at them, so mm. uh, they do not uh, look favorably upon uh, uh, drug use, even something as uh, as basic as uh, marijuana smoking. Do you know if any of those folks were actually kicked out of the military, or they're just kept in a brig for a while? Mm, uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, back then, I really didn't. Uh, I, I kind of gave lip service to the ideas of liberty as more of like a, a Reagan Republican type of mm. uh, liberty. So I was just happy to get a free vacation to Germany and had to, uh, you know, take these guys, drop these guys off in, in Germany first. Thanks for sharing that, man. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no. Jason, for the show. It's appreciate good, it, man. man. CDEvolution.org. That's the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. Uh, thanks for the call tonight, Jason. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Greg is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Dale. Greg in Massachusetts. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Greg. What's on your mind tonight? Well, long story short, I... Uh... You know, I have a friend who was in the Israeli military, of course, because of the time he lived in Israel. Everyone had to do their time in the Army. And, and he was in the infantry, and he said it pretty much sucked. Uh, basically, uh, you know, like, like for example, he'd get sent to the Lebanese border and be eating sandy chicken out of a tent <laughs> all the time. So uh, he said, screw it. I'm going to get myself, uh, you know, sent to jail and, and get the heck out of here. And, and so he stole a bunch of explosives. And uh, and <laughs> wow. set them off in, and set them off in a parking lot. And one of his hand, his friend's hands got cut by <gasps> some of the shrapnel, so he knew he had his chance, right? So they go to the hospital and they asked him what happened. And he starts telling the thing, and they're like, "No, no, no, dude!" They're like, "You know what? Stop! Like, you don't even have to tell us this. Like, it's fine. You can just go back to the base." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, I'm telling you the story." So wow. Um, yeah, but I guess he wound up getting like six months or whatever in the in the prison there, and he said he said it was way better than being in the infantry. He said he always got eight hours of sleep, he always got his meals and all that stuff. So you know, sometimes this stuff can work, I guess. So he did. Oh, I'm sorry, I was a little distracted. He did get out. Um, for the six months that he was in the that that's the they didn't like release him afterwards. They made him go back in, but he. Ugh. Oh no no no! Never what happened. Yeah, yeah it, it worked because he got six months in the prison. And if I remember correctly, once he got out, they transferred him to some other like non-infantry thing. I see. So he his station in the military was improved. He wasn't in a, a fighting role afterwards. Yeah, and like you said, the six months he was actually in jail was like the best time he did in the military. <laughs> that says a lot about and military was, service, doesn't it? The this jail was, the, was better. Point of clarification, this was which military again? The Israeli. The Israeli military. Wow. Well, thanks for that uh, sharing that story, Greg. Anything else on your mind tonight? No, nah, that's all. Thank you. All Thank right. you Get for the call. Everybody. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The uh, Daily Mail is the one that's reporting on this young man, uh, Michael Lyons, the leading medical advisor, uh, one of the leading medical advisors there in the, the military. I guess that's just the title of his, his rank. 
Anyway, he refused to pick up a rifle and was therefore uh, ejected from the military, uh, not before spending seven months. Uh, he's been sentenced to seven months in prison, so I think that's probably where he is right now. But it's interesting reading some of the quotes from these bureaucrats here as to why they uh, they do what they do and why they uh, you know there's they're. Their motivations. Uh, here's another quote for you from the article. Members of the armed forces cannot pick and choose which orders they want to carry out. According to the prosecutor Darren Reed, quote, what distinguishes a military force from an armed mob is discipline. That's a little revealing, isn't it? So they're basically admitting to being an armed mob of people with, you know, one but minor discipline. tweak. Right. Well, that's just it. They, they they are implying that you should not think about what your orders are that you're being given. You should just blindly follow them no matter what. And that's what's the problem with the military in the first place is that it, it is, in fact, you know, trying to turn people into these robots that will do whatever they're told without thinking about it. And there's no repercussions for there's no sense of repercussion for their actions. Toll free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. You may take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Coming up, uh, possible cult activities uh, with uh, Mark Edge, the other host of Free Talk Live. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit. You can uh, take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Dale. And those features, uh, by the way, do include our wiki, 2,000-plus pages uh, created by listeners like you. WIKIWiki.freetalklive.com will get you there. And are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? You can pretty much guarantee that the dollar is going to continue devaluing over time. And are you tired of the banks charging you fees? Well, you might want to take back control of your own money by taking a look at Bitcoin. It's the world's first decentralized anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to be uh, growing with time. You can learn more at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. As we continue with you and your thoughts... Paula is on the line in California. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes, I wanted to talk about Social Security. Sure. It seems every year the COLA gets stopped. We don't get any. But yet the federal the government, the Senate, the Senate and the federal government get their cost of living all the time. Oh, the cost what's, of living. What's wrong yeah. with, the cost yeah. of living increase. Uh-huh. And it, it's Wasn't it actually fair. cut recently? Didn't they actually go down a little or something? 
Uh, I don't know if they cut theirs. All I know is the COLA, they keep saying that, you know, the seniors don't get any. So and let me see if I can, well, hold on income. a second, Paula. Let me see if yeah. I can understand, because we've talked about Social Security in the past, and I was under the impression yeah. that there was an increase, uh, a yearly increase. You're saying that uh, they've completely cut it off? Yes. Wow. Uh-huh. How long has it been? Like, how long has it been since there was a, a cola increase? Um, I think three years. Three years ago. Wow, that's amazing. Because I, I mean, not, not that it's they're in trouble. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It is. It's unsustainable. It's gonna. It's gonna go away. It's gonna become. Well, that's that's like, very true. Non-existent. Yes, I understand long. that. Yes, I understand that. Except the funds were put in the general slush funds to oh, begin yeah. with. Yeah, they, 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 they robbed any, it. Yeah, yeah right? they robbed it, no doubt and, about it. But why does the federal government, Congress, and the Senate get their cost of living? Where because is they're in control, and, and they're in uh, there. Well, they, the whole system is set up for to exploit the people for the sake yes, of the it's elite. Our taxpayers, it's our taxpayers' money. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it should be pretty clear why they get uh, treated different from the rest of us. It's because it's a system of them and us. Uh, they they would like you to believe yeah. that we are them, but we are not. Uh, they are them <laughs> and we are us, and they treat us exactly. like us. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I listen to this program and these shows <laughs> because. But yet, most senior citizens are just asleep, and mm-hmm. I try to get as many as I can alert to what's going on. But it's it's kind of. It's, it's got to be hard because it's you know if you've got a belief down. system and you've held it for eighty years, then uh, you've it's going to be hard to change that belief system. On the other hand, if you can actually reach seniors with a message of liberty, they can become some of the best activists out there. Exactly. You, you look at somebody that, like Julian Heichlin. He's yes. what are you doing? Uh-huh. Well, um, all the people that I know, neighbors, when I get a chance to talk, even in a supermarket, in a store, anywhere I am. I just rattle my mouth and say what I have to say just to maybe alert them. It's just that they feel powerless is what I found. The aged, you know, people, they feel powerless. They say, well, if that's what the government says, then that's what we have to do. That's the attitude some of them take. So, you know, I do my part anyway, and I just wanted to say that. Paula, have you heard of uh, Julian Heichlin before? No. Okay, I'd like you to, to look into Julian Heichlin. Uh His website is okay. tyr- tyrannyfighters.net, I believe. And Julian is a uh-huh. 79-year-old man. He goes around yes. from courthouse to courthouse, and he Good. does jury outreach, fully informed jury outreach. He, his, his intention uh-huh. is to reach potential jurors with a message that they can use what is called jury nullification, meaning that they can vote according to their conscience and when they're on a yeah, jury, not, not yeah. just – not just according to what the, mm-hmm. the law says. And he's mm-hmm. been arrested something like 33 times uh, during uh-huh. the last several years, uh, you know, a few decades of his life doing this activism. But the point yeah. that he makes is that he can do this stuff because he doesn't have his kids at home anymore. They're all grown up. They're moved out. They're taking care of themselves. Yeah. He doesn't have a career uh-huh. anymore. He's retired. Right. So he has the uh-huh. ability to go out and take risks and get arrested, for instance, and, uh, and work uh-huh. to achieve liberty in a way That's that a lot of younger people can't do. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's something to well, look that, at. That, that is, and I do believe in jury nullification because sometimes that seems to be the best way. But, uh, I wonder why. I guess attorneys are not allowed to say that. No, a lot, in a lot of cases, they are absolutely prohibited from doing so, and they certainly don't yeah. like it when Julian shows up out front of their courthouse. Oh, and, uh, really? and, 
have to look into that. I didn't even know of that. That's yeah, very his, his last name is Heiklin, H-E-I-C-K-L-E-N. And Paula, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I wish there were more people like Julian out there. Well, I, I think, I, I know we've said this before, but older people have such an advantage over younger people because they've been around longer. Mm-hmm. They've seen over their lifetime, they've just seen the government get bigger and bigger and more intrusive. Whereas somebody who's 15 years old doesn't really know. I mean, they have grown up there's, in this world we live in today where there's a huge government and they control basically every aspect of our life and they just think that it's normal. There's also so, the reaction of that person, the perception of that person as being more serious, more more wise and experienced and therefore mm-hmm. not to be dismissed so quickly as they might a younger person. The like police officers and things like that. Good point. Like uh, the news media would be more interested in interviewing Julian Heiklin about why he was arrested as opposed to like a 15-year-old kid giving out flyers at the courthouse. And then that would just be a headline. 15-year-old boy yeah. arrested today. I think people just, oh, it's just a rebellious lo- yeah. youth, you know, and, and right. they don't, which is unfair. Well, but they'll that's say the that to they, us. They'll say that to you. I'm pretty sure that when I ran for city council, people said that about me. That you'll, I was young. I, you'll Fred mature Parcells someday. was somebody who took great interest in me. He was a local politician. Right. And he used to he used to write me sort of uh, like condescending emails. We would write back and forth. I know you're young, yes, Julia, and he would but someday say that. you'll come around to understand what I do, and that is we have to use coercion. I mean, that's essentially their message. They'll say they'll say things like, "Yeah, you'll cu- you'll get it one of these days once you grow up." Uh, but Dale, you're in your early 40s. In fact, you just had a birthday uh, celebration over the weekend, so happy birthday to you! Thanks. Uh, but you're in your early 40s. Uh, do you think? Do you still get that? Do you still get yeah. this? People still think I'm a I'm a rebellious youth. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how old I have to get it's before that I'm not face. anymore. Yeah, yeah I, what, I need to stop shaving. Well, if I stop shaving, I just look like I have mange. So, right at what point will you become co-opted by the coercion, uh, the message of coercion? I'll, I'll finally get it. It'll finally click. Right. No, I've been a statist most of my life. It t- a, it's 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 the it's the realizing that statism is a bunch of BS that what is what clicked for me. I was going to say the same thing. I think all of us were maybe not extreme statists, but we. I definitely, definitely believed that in the system and all of that beforehand. So I've been there, done that. Now I've come to these new realizations. So to say that, I, I guess maybe I'm, I've hit the rebellious stage. And then one day I'm going to re-realize that mm. what I thought before was really right. And I, I mean, it just doesn't. Mean- I agree. I was the same way. I was what you'd call a small L libertarian for a long, long time. I was always, you know, from the, the moment I heard libertarian, libertarian ideas explained to me i immediately gra- uh, grasped it and agreed with it and it was just a case of well i'm trying to be practical you know so i was a mini statist essentially i was a statist but i was a mini statist and I, was, I always kept moving in a liberty direction more and more i i had i'd never heard the ideas and when i heard it it clicked instantly for me like it just felt right i didn't really battle with myself but um i i don't know i guess Toll-free number for you, Sorry. 800, no worries, 800-259-9231. Yeah, I was I, up early this morning. That's all right. Uh, you're a hard-working lady. So toll-free number 800-259-9231. You can tell your story. Maybe you are one of these people, uh, this, this creature who discovered the ideas of liberty and then later just rejected them. I mean, I... I know I, these I, people I don't know exist. anyone like that. No, Have I you, don't I, either. I, it must be a very rare phenomenon. I, I, I imagine... I, I personally, I don't view libertarianism at all as a political stance. I think it's really a moral stance. I agree. And I think once you've, come to those con- once you've come to those conclusions, how could you go back? 
I guess they would say that you at some point will realize that some people can't handle liberty and so therefore need to be coerced. That would likely be the viewpoint. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live. Bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. And you can go and support the show if you would like. If you appreciate the fact that we give you the features for free, then pony up three bucks a month as a Free Talk Live amplifier. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing new Internet listeners on board as well. So new people can be exposed to the ideas of freedom. And you get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, uh, the AMP-only podcast, and more. Go get the details and get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or Visa or MasterCard right on our website at amp.freetalklive.com. Jim is on the line listening in Presque Isle, Maine to WEGP. Hello, Jim. Yes, good evening. How are you? Hey, super. What's on your mind tonight, Jim? Uh, nothing. You guys were just talking about, you know, how, how uh, you came about to understand the principles of liberty. And, you know, prior to 2007, uh, you know, I was really disillusioned with both parties. And that's all I really knew that was that was out there. And, you know, I knew the government was, was messed up and there are things that needed to be changed, but it wasn't until uh, Ron Paul, I, I heard of him and started listening to him uh, kind of uh, speak about the principles of liberty that I really saw for the first time how the government is the problem. Mm. <laughs> you know? And so, and how did you, started, how did you, may I ask, how did you find Ron Paul? What was it that brought your attention to him? You know, when he, uh, I was, you know, just waiting to see who was going to be running uh, for the Republican nomination, and he threw his hat in the ring. And kind of looking up his voting record, you saw that this guy was truly, truly a man of character mm. who stood by his voting record. And the more I, I looked into him and, and, and really what he espoused, like, like you were saying and, and the other hosts were talking about, it just rung true. Like, this is it. This, this makes sense. This is right. How and, did you feel after the – I mean, did you ever have any delusion that Ron would actually win the primary? You know, I, I knew that it was an absolute long shot. But, you know, what? It, but I was in Chattanooga at the time, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, you know, I, I joined the meetup group just like a lot of other people did, and we got out there and we were passing the word along to other people about Ron Paul and, and uh, Liberty Principle. And, you know, his name got name recognition, but we knew it was going to be a, a long shot, you know. Can I ask uh, you something? I, yes. When you get, I want to let you complete your thought, thought. Sorry about that. But would you describe yourself as a voluntarist now? No, I wouldn't um, describe. Could you get, what? What do you mean by that exactly? That term. Well, a voluntarist is basically the philosophy that all interactions between people should be voluntary, and things like taxation uh, being considered theft, and that any funds raised 
for whatever purpose should be done without violence, without threatening people, and so on. Yeah, I, I would definitely say I, I'm all, I, I kind of drift toward that end, yes. Okay, because I, I guess I've, I'm sort of trying to look at the – I was actually very uh, critical of the Ron Paul movement for a little while because mm-hmm. I was very skeptical of political – change of political trying to work within the system to change things so i was incredibly skeptical and critical of the ron paul movement but what i've discovered and i lightened up over some time over time in that Mm -hmm. i discovered that so many people found the liberty message through ron paul i mean he had that platform he had that political platform which was very visible to a lot of people who were statists at the time but they stopped being statists later after they got disillusioned with politics from the ron paul campaign so that's that's right and i think you know looking at the ron paul you know the movement you know because of the, just preaching liberty, you could tell how, what an influence that, that his me- messages had this go-around, this election cycle that's coming up. You know, just within the GOP, you can see how his message has influenced the debates already. I mean, talking about the Federal Reserve, about, you know, the, about how wrong that institution is. Mm-hmm. You know, that was never talked about in the mainstream circles, but now you hear it. You hear about foreign policy. Right, and Ron Paul's no longer, uh, this time around, he's no longer the bizarro kook uh, in the race. They can actually look at what Ron Paul said and see that his predictions have come true. And so Ron Paul actually has a level of credibility that he, with the mainstream media, he's got a level of credibility now that he never had in 2008. I'm not saying that means he has a chance at at winning. Right. uh, But on the other hand, what I am saying is that means that his message will spread further this time around. It's Uh, amazing how much, it has caught on surprisingly because it's a amazing how much there people can forget history the media especially will just mm-hmm. for, have this very convenient selective memory for well, things like that i was listening to the wheels off liberty guys uh, the other night uh, over at lrn.fm and i was as they were discussing how frustrated they were with uh, ron paul uh, being out there and like all this money you know being poured into the ron paul campaign well they were talking about things that they thought that money could be used better for like uh, buying legal representation for people that get uh, arrested for marijuana or something like that and while i agreed with a lot of what they said as far as other ideas as far as spending money on things i was thinking to myself well well why don't you start that then why don't if if that's such a great idea why doesn't somebody do it why does i mean if it's a good idea to raise money to uh you know put lawyers behind people with uh with pot offenses or whatever then why not go ahead and lead that charge i know that there's been discussion about doing that over at the civil disobedience evolution fund at cdevolution.org but it's slow growing man i mean we're not we don't exactly have people beating down our door with multi-thousand dollar uh contributions so it's going to be a long while before we're ever able to get to there the, the reason I bring this up is because Ron Paul is of the moment. He is now. He is what's hot. And I don't think there's anything wrong. I've given him $100 thus far in his campaign. And if he keeps doing mm-hmm. great jobs at the, at the, you know, the debates, I'm going to keep giving, the, giving them money. Because as long as I feel like that the message is getting out, I know people like you, Jim, are going to hear it. You, you got a good point, Ian. And like, well, what I'd like to add to that real quick, uh, Jim, and then let you speak. I'm sorry. Sure. Is that, is that uh, he raised like $20 million very quickly last election. And there was a lot of complaining about that money not being, you know, what it could have been and uh, or could have been spent better, you know, as opposed to politics. But that money wouldn't have been raised for something else, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, the, the culture now is to raise that kind of money for politics and and to say, well, we could have done a really good Liberty movie or done some promotion or media that actually. 
that actually talked about voluntarism or something like that instead of politics, but that but it just wouldn't have been there for that. It's like a friend of mine. I knew this guy who was very socialist, and he complained about the King Kong movie, and he's like, oh, $300 million they spent to make that movie. You know, think what that could have done. And uh, and then my immediate thought is, well, they were they were able to ra- they were able to spend three hundred dollars on that movie because there are thirty million people plus who are willing to spend ten dollars each to to go watch a movie, so they're going to get that money back. And if you can go out and get thirty million people to donate ten dollars to charity, then yes, you can raise three hundred million dollars for some charitable fund. But the point is that 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 money was there for a movie, not for whatever he wanted to spend it on, and it was raised. Yeah. It was able to be raised because of the the market demand for that. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with your points. And also, even after uh, the last election, you know, Ron Paul did uh, a great thing, I think, when he was trying to combine all the third parties when he had that press conference, trying to come under core principles of, of the Constitution and of liberty. And, you know, and he started that campaign for liberty, you know, that that that, um, that group that was out there. And what that did was people started to go into into their communities like-minded people with the liberty message and start to run for local offices. You know, I was also skeptical of the campaign for liberty. Uh, it was when Ron Paul wrapped his his campaign up, and then the extra money that was left over was kind of shuffled over into the campaign for liberty. There was some skepticism, I think, from folks, and I was one of them who was being skeptical, saying, "Oh boy, here's another political organization that's going to send out, you know, the occasional press release saying this is bad. We want to raise more money, and you know, it's like this kind of this roll ever rolling over of the these political organizations that just constantly are sending fundraising letters just to kind of keep their organization." going, basically, with the idea that we're defending liberty in D.C. But really, the Campaign for Liberty, uh, what kind of sold me on their effectiveness was the guys down in Orlando, the the Orlando Cop Watch guys. And if uh, if you've been paying attention to our show for the last few months, we've been talking a lot about what's happening in Orlando. There's major civil disobedience happening down there, with nearly 30 people being arrested for feeding people in the park. Uh, And John Kurtz, one of the Cop Watch guys, is in jail right now for recording video of the police. And they told me... I just mailed him. I just sent him a postcard. It's awesome. You can do that at mailtojail.com. But they told me that it's the Campaign for Liberty that brought all those folks together. So they still have these, I guess, monthly Campaign for Liberty meetings where a bunch of people yep. come to and they, you know, they meet and they talk about activism. And they're actually getting out, at least in Orlando, <laughs> Campaign for Liberty has oh. resulted in more activism. So I think that's a good good news. I mean, on a, on a local level, I think it's useful. I don't know about the, uh, the national one. And Jim, any final thoughts for us tonight? Well, well, the last thought I would say is that, you know, before being introduced to the liberty message, I stayed away from things such as, you know, knowledge of economics. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just strictly as a math issue, you know, and, but that's not what it was all about. You know, I started to read about Austrian economics and, and about the Federal Reserve System and, and how this stuff really is a moral issue. You know, what the government does uh, with money is, is, is terrible. And it needs to be changed, and the institutions need to be take, taken out and reformed and gotten rid of, you know, such as the Federal Reserve System. And I just appreciate you guys sending forth the message as well. I just came Thanks, across Jim. your, your show, and you guys have a great night. Glad you're out there. Thanks for the call, and appreciate hearing from you. Check out the Free State Project when you get a chance. Since you're over there in Maine, you're pretty close by. FreeStateProject.org, 800-259-9231. There are a lot of people that moved to New Hampshire because they found Ron Paul. It's Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. 
You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you this evening as we launch into the third hour, it's Ian. And Julia. And Dale. Dale joining us courtesy of his radio program. He does Prometheus Unchained, which you can catch every single week on his website at flamingfreedom.com. That's flamingfreedom.com. reason uh, it's called Flaming Freedom is because, well, you're gay. And uh, <laughs> it's an LGBT-focused, uh, liberty-oriented talk program. It's also easier to spell than the name of the program. Yeah, flamingfreedom.com. <laughs> Definitely go and check it out. Uh, you've always got interesting discussions. I'm always hearing, because I'm usually around when you guys are producing the show, so I always get to hear yeah. a good portion of it. And uh, so it's good stuff. Uh, flamingfreedom.com as we go to the phones and the fun. Actually, mentioned these guys would be calling in. I don't know if we have both of them or if it's just a demo from libertyontour.com and copblock.org. Good evening. Hi, guys. It's just me. It's just a demo tonight. Oh, that's all right. You are. Uh, it's always good to have you on here. We had you on on Friday, and you and uh, Pete were telling us about what your plans were for this week. Uh, you're going down back to Greenfield, Massachusetts. And for uh, listeners that have never heard you before, can you do your best to sum up uh, why you are leaving the confines of the safety of uh, New Hampshire and going to such an evil place? Uh, absolutely, yeah. We are down here in Greenfield, Massachusetts. And the reason we are here, because Pete and I are facing felony wiretapping charges, as well as resisting arrest and trespassing. And it's a year-long thing that's going on. We were arrested in uh, July of 2010. So if folks want to get caught up, they can head over to copblock.org slash Greenfield. There's a little teaser video up there right now that we put out for our return this week. And then just below that, there's a 27-minute documentary that brings you up to all, all the way through the emotions. And we've had, we had several of our case, except for the one that Pete had today. So pretty much gets you up to speed, lets you know what's happening. Long story short is uh, we are filming public officials conducting their duties. They didn't like it. They were demanding things, threatening, and we ended up in a cage for it. And so now we're by uh, under threat because if you don't comply with these court orders or dates, uh, they, now my guns come to your house to take you to a cage. So, yes, mm-hmm. by force, we're back here to defend ourselves because, you know, we don't want men with guns chasing us around. So. Right. And this is essentially this is the showdown. I mean, you guys, uh, it's coming up on Monday morning at, uh, was it 8 a.m. in Greenfield? 8 a.m., yep. They're, uh, they're going to be – and this is, by the way, the hometown of uh, Penn Jillette, of all places, uh, from the uh, magician uh, comedy duo Penn and & Teller. Yep. And, and he did say these men did something really wrong with arresting these guys, so Penn right. Jillette is on our side. Uh, yep, that's which, which is great news. Uh, he's definitely a good guy from what I can tell. Now, you, uh, you're you down there again early this, this whole week because, again, it's not until Monday that the trial happens. But you went down there ye- yesterday, and you're down there with the purpose of just kind of uh, meeting up with folks and uh, doing outreach. And what is it, what is it that your, your goals are this week? Well, for some of your listeners that have been listening for a while, they remember that we were arrested in 2009 in Jones County, Mississippi. And then when we did Liberty on Tour 2010, we stopped in there just to remind them that, hey – what you guys did was wrong. We're not going to let it go, and we're here even to highlight more. So we're 
tearing a page from that book. We are in Greenfield, Massachusetts. We're going to be here all week. Uh, it started with a motion today in court, and I'll get more into that uh, later. Pete had a motion. But uh, basically, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to make up some flyers. We're going to bring up the awareness about our case. We're going to do some outreach um, about, you know, liveryontour.com, coblock.org, your, your rights in general, and uh, also try to highlight um, other victims of the Greenfield Police Department because we know we're not the only ones. And already we found a few stories, a man who was tased 14 times by them. Jeez. Another person was pushed for filming. So that's a very interesting story for us as we're here over a filming-related incident. And in 2007, the, these, the same police department charged somebody with filming, so it's obviously a recurring pattern. And uh, so, yeah, we're just here to make an impact, let them know that we're not scared, try to inspire and encourage others to stand up and make a stand and show people not only here, but, you know, all around, whoever wants to watch. It'll be all on org and uh, show you that you can defend yourself while Pete and I are representing ourselves. You know, the system is scary. They are threatening us with six years of our life, maybe mm. more, X amount of dollars in a fine. Six years end- for recording video in a public place of so-called public servants. That's exactly. what you guys are while facing. those public servants were filming you to begin with. Right. They've got so their own security cameras lot. everywhere at uh, this facility. So you guys are looking at some serious jail time here. However, there's a little bit of good news uh, today. There's some good news and some bad news today. Uh, good news is that some of the charges against Pete have been dropped. Exactly. Uh, Pete had a motion to suppress evidence, spent a lot of time on it. And uh, I guess, I mean, I don't know how to say it other than, like, the, the coward the state is. They ramp up all these charges, and you get right to the point of showdown. The whole time, they don't, they're not saying anything. They're not budging. And uh, we're less than 50 minutes from the hearing starting, and the DA comes up and says we're null processing the charges, which is essentially dropping them, and there's nothing. So all the work he did, that you know, you're getting to uh, prove that these officers illegally searched uh, MARV, the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle, Pete's RV, and uh, they just run and hide. And now it's even, it'll be even more difficult to get accountability from the officer doing wrong because you don't have them on the statements stumbling over their false accusations. But uh, So it's definitely a win, though. When, I mean, that just took another five years off of Pete's uh, potential sentence. Um, but right, because he was motion. in Massachusetts where gun, they're crazy anti-gun down there. And even though Pete didn't have a gun, he allegedly had some ammunition. They illegally searched the mobile authority resistance vehicle, found some of Pete's ammunition, and that resulted in a felony charge being levied against him, uh, leveled against him for that. So he's out, he's out of – now, is he just facing just the wiretapping charge or is there still something else that he's we, facing? We, no, we we now share the same charges: the felony wiretapping, then the two misdemeanor resisting and trespassing charges. I think together they'll carry like a year, eight months, or something in the county jail. But um, yeah, so it, I mean, it was a win. You really want to get these guys on the stand. You want answers for what their actions were. And when you know you don't get to ask you know somebody who's violated your property why, or even get to any smidget of accountability out of them. It's kind of disappointing. Boy, you know, I hope that uh, coming up on Monday, when this all goes down, I mean, I am going to come down there for it for sure. I guess I've been down for most of these hearings, and it's just so, these people are just so outrageous. The last time we were there, I mean, before you were there today, but the last time before today, uh, with you and I there, they they sent three undercover cops into the the court because I was uh, doing some audio recording in there, and they didn't like that very much. And they came in and attempted to intimidate us into, into stopping the audio recording that we were doing, but they weren't successful, were they? They were not, and they tried the same shenanigans today. First off, before we talk about the motion they tried to pull on us, there was another undercover officer in there, and I sniffed him out. Um, I was doing don't-take-the-plea-deal outreach, what we do there in Keene, uh, 
uh, Monday through Thursday at the district court. We were doing that there. We included our DVD and an LRN.FM flyer, and we were standing out in the courthouse, and this white truck drives around, and it threw the parking lot once, and then it went and parked on the side, and I could tell he was re- he was looking like he was reading the paper, but he was paying attention to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I looked closer at the truck. On the back, there was a little, like, three-inch by three-inch sticker of the thin blue line. <laughs> Yes, so I don't. I don't care. Whatever. All of a sudden, about twenty minutes later, because uh, mind you, I'm, I have a camera and they're recording me already, so it's not like they even need this gentleman to be sitting there watching me mm-hmm. in the first place. But he starts to walk in, so I act like I don't even know, and I walk up to him and say, "Would you like a free flyer, DVD, and bumper sticker?" And uh, the gentleman was like, "For what?" I said, "It's for free. You can have it." And he says, "I don't know," and he's kind of being real, you know, awkward and walking in. And I said, "By the way, are you a Greenfield police officer?" He said, I don't have to answer that. And I said, well, if you're a cop, you are. He said, do I look like a cop? I said, I don't know. You're, you might be undercover. So I asked him if he was carrying a gun. And then he asked me if I was carrying a gun. I said, no. So are you a cop? And then he said, I don't want to talk to you. At this time, he's at the security checkpoint. And I, I asked the security officer, do you know this guy? Is he an officer? And I'm waiting for him to go through the, the, the metal detector. And he won't. So obviously, this guy is a cop. Um, we already knew this because of his sticker, but right. at that time, uh, the side counsel that was assigned to me walks in as well, and he says hi to me. And I said, oh, Bob, do you know this guy? He said, yeah, he's a Franklin County Sheriff. Uh, busted. <laughs> <laughs> so he was busted, yeah. So he was sitting in court, and I don't know why. And then a little while later, uh, I was outside. There was a recess. I was having a cigarette. And I noticed the mirror maid was about to ticket somebody, so I ran over to do what we call Robin Hooding. Yep. And uh, we had done this last time in, in Greenfield, and I ran over there and stuck the quarter and saved the person. And I noticed her walking forward, and uh, so I ran up to see if the cop's car was metered or not, and it wasn't. So this is a white truck. It's his personal car. He has a thin blue line, front license plate, and small sticker in the back. And she walks up, goes around the front to start writing the ticket, sees it's the thin blue line, and walks away. Yeah. Uh, Incredible. Crazy. I tell you what, Adamo, you can stick with us, yes? Yes. All right, more with Adamo from copblock.org and libertyontour.com about the shenanigans going on down in Greenfield, Massachusetts. They're down there all week, all the way through their trial coming up on Wednesday, or excuse me, Monday, and hopefully they'll be leaving there on Monday with a not guilty verdict. Otherwise, they might be going to, uh, to jail, which would be horrible. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the website for free. Enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, you know that cigarettes will kill you, right? You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. They are a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. 
You can listen to this officer uh, offer from uh, Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 per month. So you're ready to be richer, feel better, and smell better, right? What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. You'll get free shipping on orders of $60 or more. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. That's 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Or go to Vaporsmiths.com. We actually have uh, some of their uh, we've got their starter kit stuff here in the studio. And they actually sent along some of the the non-nicotine cartomizers. So they've got the, you know, you've got different cartomizers where there's nicotine and then you can actually get... Cartomizers where it cuts down the level of nicotine, so you can kind of wean yourself off of nicotine over time. And then there's actually some that have no nicotine whatsoever, because a lot of people say that smoking cigarettes, the addiction is the movement. The addiction is the the habit of having well, something. I've heard a to lot of cigarettes say they want something to do with their hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what do I do with my hands? I'm like, why do you have to be doing something with your hands? All it's the an time? addiction. It's it's part of the addiction. It's something they're so yeah. used to, they're so accustomed to, they want to have something. So for some a nervous folks, habit almost. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense because generally. With, with drug addictions, um, it, it's not only it, it's about more than just the the actual drug, but like people who like to shoot heroin are addicted to the act of you know filling the needle mm. and pushing it in. I mean, I, I think a lot of drug addicts are addicted to the way they dose. So let's uh, let's go again. That's once again vaporsmiths.com. I've I've actually tried this thing and it's really smooth. Like you know, I've done vaporizing on pot before, uh, but the this this e cigarette is very smooth. It's very easy to to. Uh, to take in. Ian's Let's... picked up cigarette smoking. No, there's no, it's no nicotine. E6 no smoking with no nicotine. Cherry flavored. Yeah, let's continue. There are different flavors, indeed. So we will go back to a demo calling from Greenfield, Massachusetts. A demo courtesy, uh, appearing courtesy of LibertyOnTour.com. But you guys are actually focusing uh, this tour, uh, if you will, on copblock.org. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the arrest took place. The first blog post went up there. There's a meta post, again, that takes us from day one of the arrest. All the way up to, you know, today's posts are already there. And, again, there's that 27-minute video, and that URL is copblock.org slash Greenfield. And that's where so, folks can yeah, go to learn the story about you and Pete being arrested in Greenfield, Massachusetts, for doing what people should be free to do, and that is being the media and recording video in a public place of so-called public bureaucrats doing whatever their job was. And they didn't like that very much. Now you're facing felony wiretapping charges. Uh, you were out there at uh, Greenfield District Court this morning as uh, Pete had put in a motion to suppress some evidence but before that motion could be heard they dropped the charges on which the motion was being heard is that correct that is and then they threw another curveball at us by uh, entering another motion that had to do with what clothing we would wear to the trial as well as what the jurors would be subjected to while entering the the building and um, we decided to argue it anyways that we we probably could have Listen to, he could have put it into court and then we could have picked a later date to do it, but it was so absurd that we figured, why not? And uh, the state made its argument that, look, today I was wearing a no victim, no crime shirt from org, And the DA actually referenced the shirt, like, this wouldn't be appropriate because it would sway wow. a jury. Yes. And uh, when the judge asked us what we thought about this, I said, well, I strongly object. Um, I said, I can't help how people would receive my T-shirts, and my only objective here in this court is to tell the truth. And if the state's case was so strong, then they wouldn't have to worry about what clothing I would wear. The evidence mm-hmm. would be clear and undeniable that I would be guilty. So I don't know why the state thinks it has the right to tell me what I can or can't wear. And then Pete uh, made a statement about how like, he was wearing 
in a Maji T-shirt, and on the back it was written in the several different languages, in several different languages. And uh, so Pete was saying that this is universal. You know, again, with the subjectiveness of what someone feels is swaying to a jury. And um, as far as the what would be given to uh, jurors prior to entering the building, the district attorney is worried about leaflets, flyers, uh, being handed to the jury, because I think they're assuming we're going to try to give them DVDs and stuff like we do when we're out there. Mm-hmm. But Pete and I said we can't speak for anybody else, obviously, um, but you need to state things like that in court, and uh, said that we won't be handing out stuff. So, you know, I don't know. But the judge then ruled in our favor on the T-shirts. Uh, I mean, I was kind of surprised he hasn't ruled in our favor on anything yet, but I'm glad that I don't have to get thrown in court for contempt for wearing a T-shirt of my choice. Wow. But, um, yeah. <laughs> So wait, so he ruled uh, that you could wear whatever shirts you wanted to, but that you could not, not put a restriction. Right, he was not going to make an order limiting our clothing. Well, that's a little bit of good news, but on the other hand, he also did prohibit you from handing anything out to, to a potential jurors. Isn't that right? He he, I don't think he's absolutely said you could not or you'd be held in contempt. Because I made it very clear I wanted to understand the punishment, especially because they looped in in this motion is that people associated with the defendants, Pete, Aaron, myself. So I was really curious at what would happen if someone defied this motion. And he clearly said that only, he said if it's only a small problem, like one juror is given a pamphlet, they'll be removed. If there's several, then he will uh, say the whole jury pool is contaminated. And so basically the punishment would be our trial is pushed back. We wouldn't have a trial, whatever. So, um... I don't think anyone would be held in contempt. Uh, I asked him if, like, men with guns would threaten people and what precautions would be taken, but all he said that was that the jury could be removed for contamination mm-hmm. and or individual jurors. And Interesting. Well, well that depend- how that could hurt me. Will that depend on what is on the flyers? Do they know what's going to be on the flyers? Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if we all handed them, if, or excuse me, if people handed them flyers that uh, said, have a nice day, would they all be? Would the truth will be contaminated? I don't know. Well, um, so you put out this. Did. You put out this news this morning, and I have to say, I was a little disappointed because uh, I like to do jury outreach. Uh, it's something that we do on a regular basis here in Keene, and it's done elsewhere around the country. We talked about jury nullification earlier tonight. Uh, the idea is to inform jurors of their right to vote their conscience, to vote how they feel about the law, not just whether or not it was broken. And I think that this is one of the most important things that people can do at a courtroom as far as uh, activism, is, activism is concerned. But I also understand where you were coming from, Adamo. You said that you didn't want anybody to do any uh, of this outreach, the, handing out flyers to potential jurors, because you didn't want to put the, the trial off any longer. And, you know, I'm going to respect your request on that particular count, but I will, I'm, I'm respecting it while dis- pretty disappointed, I must say. I would say – I understand what you're saying, Ian, and – um, to me, though, the jury's already selected. We missed the chance to do FIJA outreach to the potential jurors for the month. Mm. So to me, this jury is already selected. Like, you know, I don't know if it's worth the risk to me. I don't know. It's, it, it's more like jury want. tampering when you're actually, you know, it's already selected jurors as opposed to like just right. every single potential juror and you go mm-hmm. down there and do it on a regular basis. The, if I recall correctly, at the Bob Constantine trial, nobody... Uh, fired anybody, they did the signs, and I think that was pretty effective as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can definitely bring signs out. There's no doubt about that. I wonder how they'll feel about a megaphone. I don't know. We'll have to find out. (laughs) I don't know if you got more to share. If so, uh, you can stick with us here for a little bit, and then we'll take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231. Do you want to hang around? 
I think that's about it. All right, cool, cool. Well, have a good night, man. That's uh, copblock.org. More coming up. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening is Ian. And Julia. And Dale. All right. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got news updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Sign up for email updates or follow us on Twitter or Facebook, whichever works best for you, over at news.freetalklive.com. If you're looking to get your hands on some gold or silver, we've made it easy for you. Teamed up with Midas Resources, which is the company that's behind the syndication uh, of this program. They, They do a great job putting Free Talk Live out there for radio stations and they also are longtime uh, gold and silver uh, distributors so you can pick up some u.s eagles british sovereigns 20 francs lakota nation silver rounds and more go and check out the inventory it's a pretty we've kept it simple we've made it easy to uh, to choose because if you're just getting into gold and silver it can be overwhelming all the different options out there so we've uh, we try to keep it simple and keep the cost down go ahead and compare and see if see if you agree that uh, it's not some of the best prices on gold and silver out there uh, and plus when you buy through silver.freetime freetalklive.com freetalklive gets a small portion of the sale as well so uh, you go to silver.freetalklive.com or call them up at 877-857-9938 that's 877-857-9938 you can get a gold and silver both at silver.freetalklive.com as we go to you and your thoughts et calling from a military base in the u.s you're on free talk live hello et hi ian uh i I'm a new listener to uh, Liberty Line, and um, I drive for a living. I just want to thank you. Uh, I like the show. I like the callers. And uh, it's not just entertaining. It's informative. Great. I appreciate that. What did you want to share tonight? Uh, um, It's just, uh, have you ever heard of Mary Elizabeth Cross? I, I could put a... And uh, the I straw have. man. Yep, I have. Mm-hmm. This is a theory. Yeah. Uh, the the straw man theory is the idea that uh, the state is this corporate uh, entity essentially, and that it has created what they call straw men, which are corporations that are designed to resemble you and I. You can allegedly tell that you're dealing with these corporations because they're all cap their letters are all capitalized i have uh, spent time reading into this and uh, and researching it and i actually at one point attempted to do something with it in uh, in court and really while it's an interesting theory and maybe there is some legal backing for it 
uh, it really doesn't actually matter in the long run because they don't care. Uh, they they want to put you in a cage, and you can say whatever you want to them about straw men or whatever theory it is that you want to promote, and none of it will matter. Uh, there's there's no way that I can tell, no magic words or magic document that is going to get these people who call themselves the state to stop aggressing against you. If there were, then uh, then I you know I'd love to hear and see the proof uh, that such a such a plan actually works. But uh, from my experience, uh, it's really just just nothing more than a legal theory. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. One of the contracts. Everything is in. Uh, she focuses on contracts. Everything's contract law. And like as soon as you walk into a courtroom and the judge asks you your name, uh, he if you answer him. And give them your name. You just entered into a contract. So, with yeah, we're, we're familiar with all that. Well, we're, we're familiar with the uh, procedure. It just doesn't work. Have you actually tried this yourself? No, I haven't. Uh, t- this is now. This is a typical thing because normally when somebody calls and a- and starts to you know to explain this theory, whatever theory it is, whether it's the straw man or the all caps letters or whatever, then I gold fringe uh, or, right, or yeah, admiralty court, etc. Uh, I'll always ask the question of, well, have you ever tried this? And you can actually see video footage of me being put in a jail cell when I tried this. Uh, if you look for Ian Freeman or Ian uh, jailed, Ian Freeman jailed or something. I don't know if it was called Ian Freeman back then though. Might have been. It might be under uh, Ian Bernard jailed or something like that. But if you look, if you look for it, uh, I was I was arrested because they wanted to arrest me. Uh, they had they had the fi- the fix was in. Nothing I would have said would have stopped them from arresting me. And uh, that you know, I had tried something like that. I think I, the question I'd asked at the time was, "Are you uh, trying to contract with me or something like?" I feel like it was that that particular line of thought. And or you? Oh no! I asked, "Are you making an offer?" That was the question that that I asked because I had you know just finished hearing about this particular theory back then, and this was several years ago. And it wouldn't have mattered. They don't have to answer your question. You know, if you don't answer theirs, they'll call you. Uh, they'll put you in contempt of court, and they'll put you in a jail cell for indefi- an indefinite period of time. So I wish that one of these things actually worked. But for all the people yeah, that purport- it'd be like some magic words you could say, and oh god, it'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we'd spread the word Defeat so fast, and yeah, we, we, the word would spread yeah. so fast that it worked. The state would be done. Uh, but clearly, that's not going to work. The state isn't. People calling themselves the state aren't just going to go go away because you've learned their trick or something like that uh, because it doesn't work. These are people with, uh, with guns and power and the ability to use them with, uh, you know, without any consequence and they will use them and they will get, they will get you. Okay, thanks, Ian. Hey, I don't want to be a negative Nancy here. I, I, I want to see it work. I, right. want to, I want someone to bring some, show me video of it working in a court because that would be awesome. They don't have it. There's, yeah, there's no, no video of that. There's all these claims that it will work and that you just should just go and put your neck on the line and prove it. Right. Well, without, yeah. I mean, your neck's going to be on the line either way, yeah. and they're going to do what they're going to do. And I don't know. I, I would love to see one approach working over another, but I, what I think needs to happen is different approaches need to be tried, and they need to be tried in the same place so we can see what does work and what doesn't work. But from what I've seen thus far, and ET, are you still with us? Yeah. What I've yeah. seen, what I've seen working. Here, here's here is what I think the secret is. The secret is you have to get people together, step one, and then two, those people have to non-cooperate. That's what works. Because oh, okay. if, if people get a, a parking ticket, if 20 people were to go park on Main Street in Keene, New Hampshire tomorrow, and then wait until they all got parking tickets, and then all 20 people were to go and say, yeah, I'd like a trial on this, 
I bet you would see 20 parking tickets dropped. <laughs> I bet you you would, because we've seen people have their parking tickets thrown out before court ever even occurred. In fact, the other day, I was actually parked in downtown Keene, and I, this was the day that I was doing research on uh, the man who immolated himself in front of the courthouse here, Tom Ball. Which, by the way, there's going to be a memorial for him later this week. We'll tell you about that. Uh, but uh, So I was actually in the courthouse for way longer than I expected. I mean, I should have figured it was going to be a couple hours. But I had actually put like a, you know, like a, a quarter in the, the meter just because I didn't want to mess with having another ticket to deal with. I've got a parking ticket up in Concord that's going to go to court. I've got five misdemeanors that I'm facing here in another couple months. I just didn't want to deal with it. So I'd, I'd had some money in the meter, but it had yeah. expired when I came back out. And two cars down from me... There was a car with a ticket in the window, and mine had not been ticketed, and it had been expired for at least an hour and a half at that point. So that means, that says to me, that unless there's some bizarre reason that I didn't get ticketed, the most likely reason is they know that's my car, because it's got a private license plate on the front of it. It's very, very obvious. And uh, it's got a Shire, okay. private Shire license plate on the front. And so it's likely that the ticket lady saw that car, saw my car, and re- realized and remembered whose car it was and decided she wasn't going to ticket it. That's my guess. And that's because I non-cooperate. That's because they know they're not going to get five bucks out of me. I'm not going to go and pay that parking ticket. I'm going right. to go to take it to trial, and then I'll go it, to jail. It'll cost them way more than the $5 to fight it. And then, you know, you won't pay it even if you do lose. So, E.T., I hope that helps you a little bit, and thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. There's no secret except to stand up for what you believe in. It's hard. It's hard when when you have a job. And, all, mm-hmm. like, for me, civil disobedience, I feel, isn't isn't really an option because I've got bills to pay, and I and don't they have... Know it. I know. They know it's they terrible. got you. They're counting I know on, yeah. that they they know this. It's terrible. They got you right where they want you. You and everybody else with kids or or a career or or whatever. And I don't blame anybody for going along yeah, to get it along. It stinks. Right. But on the other hand, some jobs are a little more flexible than others. So, for instance, there's one place in town that employs a few free staters here. Uh, it's just like a regular corporate restaurant. But the management there understands that this is one of the risks that comes with having one of these folks on staff. They understand in advance. Like, the, the guys will come to them and say, look, I've got a court date coming up and there's a chance I might go to jail. And if you're a valuable enough employee and you've got the right kind of manager, then maybe they'll let you sweat, you know, swing for a few weeks without coming to work if they know you're going to go to jail. And if they, especially if they appreciate the reasons why you're going to jail. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Still time for you and your thoughts here. Joining you tonight is Ian. And Julia. And Dale. We go right back into your phone calls. We'll talk to Chris in Illinois. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello. Hey, Chris. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I'll first say that um, I will be attending Porkfest next year. That's exciting. Porkfest, June 18th through the 24th of 2012. It's going to be, uh, I'm sure, if the uh, the previous Porkfests are any indication, an epic time. 
I, um, uh, we're kind of still planning things uh, uh, and uh, looking forward to meeting all the people that I hear on uh, your show and throughout the Liberty Movement up there. And um, uh, maybe uh, one day I might be able to move up there. Great. So what else did you want to talk about tonight? Um, a local business uh, just actually around the corner for me was raided the other day because um, the business had hired so-called illegal immigrants. Mm. And I take the position that it's it's really not um, fair to uh, deem someone an illegal just because they cross a, a border. I think, you know, uh, I mean, if I were to trespass on someone's property, that's a different story. But just to come over here to make a better living, if you live in another, if you're from another country, I don't think that's right. Well, I agree with you. I, I think that the, the term illegal is this. It's like calling somebody a Jap. It's this kind of this this really derogatory uh, term that dehumanizes another individual. Oh well, you're you're an illegal. It, that's what it is. It's not yeah. you're not a human being who's looking for a better life, who's willing to do whatever it takes to make a better life for his family. No, no, you're an illegal. It makes it easier for somebody to look down their nose at someone else, especially those. Yeah, who they're consider- not worthy of. Right. It's it really is only a hair's breadth away from racism. Sometimes it flat out is racism. Oh yeah, and even when it's not, it's just as bad. So what difference does it make if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna discriminate against someone because they're a certain race? Then that's racism, and most people feel that's pretty bad. But if you're gonna discriminate against someone because they were born across a border, whether or not they're what their race has anything to do with it, that's another arbitrary thing that should not be relevant in our in our in our in the ways that we judge people. Well, plus a lot of the people that are saying these things likely have this little fantasy in their mind about how they're I'm a law-abiding citizen and they're illegal. But of course, the only, reason, the only thing that makes them a law-abiding citizen is they happen to be born on the other side of an imaginary, arbitrary line. I knew a woman who had this mindset. She she hated illegal aliens. She just thought it was the worst thing ever. And I think she would have considered herself a law-abiding citizen. And she told me once that she had a sawed-off shotgun in her closet. Oh, God. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is illegal. In most places, I think that's illegal. I don't know about New Hampshire, but... She well, finagled she's her taxes, illegal, right? too. She's an illegal. Yeah. Just for a different thing than uh, no, immigration. I agree. She's an illegal. I think anybody should be called... In, I think if we're going to go ahead and, and adopt this term, I think that everybody should be called an illegal who breaks a law, which means which is I'm everybody. an illegal, Just, and I'm proud yeah, to be I can an imagine there's a single person within the, the arbitrary, imaginary boundary of the United States who has not uh, broken some law of right. the millions and millions of words of laws in the books. Right, and essentially, you're, uh, isn't it also grammatically incorrect? I mean, aren't, aren't you taking a what is an adjective and turning it into a noun? Is 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 there actually a and noun for illegal? illegal. Yeah, um, it, it's well again there is now because I, I guess made there one. is now right the <laughs> English language it's, can't it's change. A sh- it stands for illegal alien, but it's just been shortened right. to right. illegal alien. Chris, it's, your thoughts? Point. Oh well, I happen to be an African American myself, and you know uh, there are times when you know it seems like the politicians or certain people um, uh, in position or power, okay, like to. Um, uh, take take certain groups and call them the du jour, the hate hate du jour group of the of the of the of the month or something. Absolutely, like what back in the fifties and sixties, it was black folks yep. because they wanted to, you know. Before uh, that, it was the, the Irish. Same, uh, the but, same rights 
as everybody else did. Yep. And now, and uh, now that you know we're bomb, uh, the government. It's not my government. Um, the government wants to bomb uh, innocent brown people uh, over in the Middle East. Right now, we see you know that they're the hate du jour of the day. And now, they're scapegoats. And oh, oh, and there was it's a lot it's easier a to justify. They, sorry, what was that? They I feel think, they. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, Julia. it's okay. I was going to say it's a lot easier to um, you know make people feel better about it if you if you just dehumanize them like you were talking about. If you want to convince. Uh, you know, the American people that we should be doing this if we if we dehumanize them, if we, you know, if we we give them a they bad... They hate our freedoms. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're scapegoats. And the same thing happened, the, the not tr- just to blacks in the uh, the mid-20th century, but also, I mean, obviously, blacks beyond just the mid-20th century, all the way back into the 19th century. Uh, but also, of course, uh, I think the, uh, the the Chinese got it as well in the, the Japanese. Yeah. Oh, the century. drug war was fueled by convincing people that cocaine was making black men rape white women. Yeah, I mean that was that was all the fear mongering around it. You know? I'm glad you called on that, Chris, and thanks for the thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So I am proud to be an illegal. Yep. I've broken many laws and will continue to do so, which must make me an illegal, right? And when you bring that point up to somebody, it's just blah, blah, blah. they don't know how good they don't people know how to break respond. bad laws. Yeah. And the immigration I'm not laws break are the bad. Good laws. There's some laws that are in line with natural law, like don't steal from people, don't hurt right. people, don't but don't respect people's property, respect people's rights. You know, those things make sense to me. Those are all part. Those are all natural laws. Those things evolved in in uh, civilized society. It, it's funny how how many people now they use the law to define their morals. Like like a lot of people, mm. I, I work I work at a bank and. The other day, some lady came in and she was complaining about how another bank charged a fee for something. And she kept saying over and over again, is that even legal? You know, that's people's defense. They, they It's like they... People- it, it seems like it shouldn't be if it's bad. Like if it's something that it seems immoral, it seems like it should be illegal, you know. But And, and then that's where it goes, right? But 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 clearly, laws are not in line with uh, sensible with morality. morality. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that everybody everybody picks and chooses what laws they want to obey based on their personal morals. Absolutely. Like the pot and smoker, they, can get away they don't with think it. there's something wrong with smoking pot, so they do it. But they, you know, they obey all kinds of other laws. I mean, it's everybody has their own set of morals. And what well, really bugs me sometimes is when a pot smoker can't grasp the idea of full legalization oh no it's okay to legalize pot but all those other drugs they're right. bad or pot and mushrooms yeah or uh, the natural ones they mm-hmm. say yeah snobs they, they, yeah i mean they are those are actually pretty uh, benign drugs in my opinion uh both pot and mushrooms uh but not just because they're natural i mean that that helps because obviously you can't spike them with weird stuff and everything if it just grew outside mm-hmm. naturally but um and that still helps but cobra venom's natural yeah, there's still lots of terrible you, things that natural. are natural. Yeah. There are poisonous mushrooms that are natural. Right. Yes. Just because there's berries on that bush it, doesn't mean you should eat them. There's a lot of people that's like, if it's natural, it's good for you. No. No, no, no. And just because it's uh, processed doesn't necessarily mean it's bad either. So as far as the immigration issue is concerned, that's still something that just gets people heated up and they're so misinformed. They don't know what they're talking about. There's all kinds of just, not only is it, uh, not only are these people treated as the scapegoat, Du jour, as uh, as our caller was pointing out, uh, and that that makes it so that all kinds of just negatives can be pushed off on these folks, and they get the blame for a lot of things that really aren't their fault at all. 
but then you start to look at reality after what happens when these uh, laws are and begin to be enforced on these people, and you end up with a situation like Georgia, where over 11,000 jobs are available in various different farming uh, jobs that nobody wants. Because Georgia has cracked down. They have passed an Arizona-style immigration law. They are about ready to begin enforcing it coming up, I think, next month. It starts next month. And the immigrants said, the hell with this. We're out of here. They left. They picked up. They knew. They, they saw. That they're paying attention. Yep. These people aren't disconnected Their at all. Their economy will suffer for it, too. My hometown economy will suffer for that the, nonsense. These immigrants are more connected than the average American. I mean, if you think about it. They have most, to be. Right. They're, they're trying to survive in a, in a world full of predators that thinks that treats them like criminals when they're actually just people trying to work for a living. So, sure, they have to be uh, connected. So the word got around amongst their community that, hey, this law is coming. And they got out. And now all those jobs are available. And there are something like, I think the farms have lost, as of the last time we talked about this, $300 million so far. Food's rotting on the vine. Yeah. They tried to give the jobs to the probationers, people that had just got out of jail looking for work. These guys said, the hell with this. They left the job the day of. Two-thirds of the people that took the jobs, they walked off that day. And the, the rest of them didn't come back the next day, for the most part. They're, so they're, no they're one wants those suffer. jobs. They're going to suffer. It's going to that is going to ripple through the economy and cause all kinds of problems for all yes, kinds of people will. because they're shooting themselves in the foot yep. by treating uh, people immigrants by treating immigrants as criminals. If you think the economy's bad, just crack down on immigrants in your area and see what happens to your economy. That's Idiots. Sad. Idiots. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. 